Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host and Nate, Micah, Nate and Micah, and then we got little man Lawson on here, my my middle child. How are we doing today, sir? Good. Doing good? Yeah. This, this is the uh, first time for you. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any words of wisdom before we get started on what we're about to do? He killed a buck, but he couldn't find it. Oh, he's just burning the shit out of you. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. No, listen, he told you before we even started recording, he's like, dude, don't say bad words. Lawson <laughs> uh, came on to the show and is burning his father the second he gets I haven't him. shot a buck this year, so thank yes, you for you that. Have. I shot an elk, and I never found it. Ah, okay, that's and what we've he's already, talking about. We've already talked about that. Yeah. So. I thought it was a buck. Well, it was, it, a was a, it was a kind of a buck. It was a bull. So listen, we are doing our intro show, our intro to our show today with Gavin Sodders uh, with Whitetail Bloodline, <laughs> and um, Mike had to bring his son, Lawson. And Lawson's been a trooper for the last hour and a half. Yep. So, so we're letting him do the intro with us. Yeah. So he is our special guest host. That's right. But we do have Gavin Sodders with Sodder with uh, Whitetail Bloodline. Yeah, and it's kind of just kind of like a hunter profile yeah. sort of thing. We get to know Gavin yeah. a little bit more. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, he talks about his setups, what he does, and he kind of yeah. travels all around the country uh, on Whitetail. So we kind of just get into it with him. He has a podcast as well. So Yep, yep. So check him out, Whitetail Bloodline. Um, it's a, about an hour-long show, so we're going to get into our uh, sponsors. Uh, let's start with Athlon Optics. Man, that stuff is pretty darn good. You might even say ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculously yep. good. And... Uh, you know, I don't know. That's that's all I can say about it right now. I'm I be, need to. I'm gonna be sighting a gun in very soon. Right. The you, second eh. I got on here, I roasted my dad. You did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's hold on for a second. I need to look into. Um, I'm pretty sure they have crossbow. Um, oh, I, I know scopes. They yeah, they do. So I need to get. Yeah. I I I recently traded my bow for a crossbow for my children. For the for, yeah, yeah, not, not yeah, him. Yeah, for Lawson and Brindley. Uh, it's just easier to hunt with a crossbow at the property that we have permission on. So um, I need to start looking, maybe getting a uh, crossbow scope. Yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, Midwest Gunworks, you can also put some Athlon Optics on top of them. Mm-hmm. Use our code WOODSWATER for 5% off uh, on any order there. Uh, River's Edge Tree Stands. Um, I actually got a buddy coming by tomorrow or yep. Friday or Saturday. Yeah. To pick up one of my five two-man stands oh, that yeah? I put together that I haven't gonna put out yet, he's gonna. So. I'm gonna borrow it. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, me and uh, Amy. I'm hoping Amy's actually gonna go hunting with me Sunday evening. So we're gonna be in the cross two my man. fingers. Yeah. 
your fingers. That you get a buck. Well, That'd I appreciate awesome. the good luck. Uh, LuckyBuckMineral.com. Check them out. Onyx Tree or Onyx Tree Stands. Onyx Maps. Use our code MWW20 for 20% off. I've been using mine a lot lately. Uh, me and my buddy Pat actually used Onyx to drop a pin to me to tell me where to go today. Not even like hunting wise, just to meet them. Oh, really? Like that was easy. I mean, like, I, <laughs> there's so many so different, nice. yeah, yeah, so many different things that you can do with Onyx. I, I've said it a million times. I use it for work every day. Yep. So, uh, <clears throat> just one of those things that it's really nice having in your pocket. Uh, camo fire, rotating door of deals, rotating door of deals. In the words of Doug from Working Glass Bowhunter, delete your browser. History. Delete, yeah, delete <laughs> your browser history. Black Ovis. We talk about them and their uh, Arrow ID builder uh, on in the show. Uh, BlackOvis.com. Use our code MWW10 for 10% off. Re- <coughs> Reveal cameras. Nice cough. Reveal cameras by Tacticam. Uh, I went out and refreshed our, all of our batteries. Appreciate you doing and that. And our setups. And yeah. actually me and Chase. Chase went with me. Heck yeah. Um, and it was uh, it was enjoyable. And we're getting pictures again that we needed. Although nothing important. Yeah, we haven't. We've had, I think, one. Do you see that one new eight point though? Real wide, not real yeah, tall, kind of spindly, kind of spindly looking, yeah, different. Yeah. But he's just—he's new, so yeah. I know. don't know if he's new. Kind of like a chain roll-up thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I I'm not sure exactly that. what you just said, but hey, we'll move on. <laughs> like yeah. a wheel. A wheel. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Uh, and Weber Outfitters, WeberOutfitters.com. Uh, our buddy—we're wishing our buddy Josh and Adam over there, and everybody else, uh, good luck this whitetail season yeah i think I they both they both gotten does so far yep and yeah. obviously they're chasing some horns right now so hopefully they get yeah. something done and uh, then last but not least morel targets yep shooting mine the other day and like i said got that new crossbow <laughs> so me and the kids will be shooting the uh shooting the uh, morel targets here pretty soon trying and to get that all sighted yeah with, with the crossbow so are you gonna you gonna shoot the crossbow when we get it yeah yep we're just waiting on some bolts to come in aren't we Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Lawson, you gave me a great idea. I think we should do a show with just our kids someday. Do you do do you know how insane that would be? That, that's yeah. why I think it'd be hilarious. It would be like a hundred kids in one video. Well, we wouldn't do a video. It'd just be like this, like we're doing now. Yeah, but we would need way more chairs. Well, we would need, wouldn't we? We would need we some yeah. chairs. We only have a few. Of you. Just one, I think it'd be fun though, because I'm gonna be honest with you, Lawson. You've been the best host I've ever worked with. <laughs> Even better than your dad. That's not hard. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? Yes. Okay, uh, tell everybody how old you are. Five. Uh, and are you in kindergarten? Yes. Yep, I know that. How would I know that you're in kindergarten? Because how old I am. Yeah, and I'm your uncle. So yeah. I pick him up a lot of days, and uh, he gets to tell me about his day. And Yep, him and Bennett, they're both kindergarten, yep. so... Future hunters in the Missouri woods and water yeah. <laughs> area. Yeah. So good job. Good job. Yeah. Lawson, great. I want you to take us out, okay? You okay. got to repeat after me. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. This is the Missouri Woods Podcast. Good job. All awesome, right. man. See you guys. All right, with us tonight we have Gavin Sauters, host of Whitetail Bloodline podcast. What's up, man? Not much, man. I'm excited. 
excited to talk to you guys. Been following you guys for a while, listening to your podcast and following around with your content, like what you're doing, and appreciate you guys inviting me on. Yeah, no, no problem, dude. Probably yeah. should have done it way before now, but yeah, absolutely. You know how it is. You know how the podcast <laughs> yeah. game is. You're like, oh, I got this on my list, and then like a year and a half later, you're like, that's still on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I, probably, I probably should follow through with that. Wait, wait till you get to episode like 200. You're gonna be like, I still have not done this one. <laughs> yep, I got one that I've been trying to finish for like over a month. So I get it. Yep, I understand that. Well, uh, today's episode, we're just gonna kind of do a hunter profile with Gavin, um, and kind of not really BS because we're we're gonna talk whitetail specific, but you know, kind of talk about like his strategies, his tactics, what he likes to do, um, get into different things. We're going to let the, the conversation basically go where it's going to go, um, which is cool. And But before we do, Gavin, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about Whitetail Bloodline a little bit. What inspired you to you know start the podcast? It was us, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, a little bit like about where you're from and, and, you know, kind of that sort of stuff. All right, so I'm Gavin Sauter. <clears throat> I've lived in Indiana most of my life. I'm 29 years old. I was actually born in Utah, baby of the family. Only lived there for a year. Uh, moved to South Dakota, Indiana. Spent like seven years in Virginia and then came back to Indiana. And uh, second generation bow hunter. Got a dad who started doing it. He was really up with bow hunting. I think he started in the late 80s and uh, back when bows were a lot different out west, chasing mule deer and stuff. And uh, we're just lucky. To have a, a father who was just brought me up in the outdoors would always take me hunting and everything. I grew up doing that. I uh, grew up doing a lot of bird hunting when we were young. That's like my, my dad's real passion. Like he loves hunting white those. We really love chasing some like pheasant quail and chucker and stuff. And mm. so I grew up with that and uh, I was a little different. Like even at a young age, man, I've been ate up with especially hunting whitetails, but just the outdoors in general, basically my entire life. Like uh, I stopped playing like organized sports at probably 11 or 12 because football was my, my, my favorite thing. And then football season comes right during deer season. So I stopped doing that and uh, just basically spend every weekend I could out there chasing white tails and hunting solo since I was 11. Killed my first deer at 11 years old, opening day with my dad. He was filming me with a crossbow way back then. And then that Friday, sat solo and shot my first buck. And then ever since then, man, just been running the gun, chasing white tails. But just a little bit about me and uh, like the Whitetail Bloodline. Uh, I've always had that, that dream, just like most people who grew up in the outdoors and hunting, of, of starting something or being part of the outdoor industry. And uh, just growing up, I mean, I've been doing a YouTube and like hunting content for roughly 10, 11 years or something like that. Started YouTube way back then, uh, before it was real popular. And the Whitetail Bloodline, I just wanted to, with social media vamping up and taking off like it has the last few years. I, it started becoming a little more feasible and just seeing other guys doing it. I thought, I could definitely do that. I was like, so uh started talking to some real close buddies. It started off. I started getting the idea, talking to a few buddies, and then uh, I was just trying to think of a good name, trying to think of a name that would kind of like stand out. And then I don't know how it came apart, but the white bloodline came in my mind, looked it up. There was nothing with it. I was like, that sounds fire to me. And then uh started talking to my buddies about a podcast. And then, yeah, we started that podcast 22. 20, I think it was like September 29th or October 1st. It was right before our October 1st opener here in Indiana and started doing that. And it was just basically a bunch of high school buddies who love deer hunting and uh, just started BSing. And three years later, still doing it and enjoying it more than ever. Such a better name than ours. <laughs> it's a pretty good name. Not going to lie. <laughs> if you've listened to us enough, yeah, you know that if you, 
if yep. you listen to us enough, you know that I'm not a fan of our name. Yeah, it's grown. <laughs> it's grown on me, but, but Nathan wants to be I don't, done with it. Yeah, I don't want to change it because okay. you know. But uh, yeah, I, I like the bloodline thing. Like that, that's a good one. Well done. Well done. Yes. Yeah. Man, you've uh, yeah. The bloodline's you, just like a sorry to interrupt. The bloodline's just so multi meaning. It's just like yeah, it's like the bloodline, like the actual. You're trying to build your genetic bloodline, like my bloodline. I was brought up in a hunting family, the bloodline, and then you shoot a deer, the bloodline. So yeah, you yeah. can take it wherever you want. Oh, it, it, it's it's nice. And you know what's uh um, you know what's cool about like starting a podcast is, I mean, your story is just like ours. We we probably talked about it longer than it took us to start it because it's really is it's pretty freaking easy. You think it's like intimidating, but it's not. You know, as soon as you get it down, how to edit a show and the equipment to get that—that that was the biggest thing—is the decision we made on like what to buy up front. And uh, I'll never go back on that decision. Like we we decided no. to like spend money and and buy what we were told is the stuff to get instead of mm-hmm. like just recording off the the computer. And I'm that'll that'll be a decision we never regret, but. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's like super simple. And I love that you do the YouTube stuff. Cause that's something I'll probably like, I'm good here, but the second you put a camera in my face, am I right? Yeah. It's yeah. just like, hi, <laughs> my name is Nathan. <laughs> I, I can't talk no yeah. more. So, uh, YouTube is, uh, something I, I'm probably not going to break into. This dude can get in front of a camera pretty easily. Well, just don't bother me. But yeah, but not me. We're that's just something that we haven't really messed with, and I I just don't know if we want to mess with it. Maybe down the road yeah, or whatever. It's a, but, it's a big undertaking. It seems like. Yeah, you know? I mean, and and the way things yeah. are going, it seems like are is it? Oh, do you ever get your stuff like taken down just for content reasons? You know, showing blood or guts or something. How, how is that these uh, days? TikTok. I actually just re-downloaded my TikTok today. Like I can't action that we getting taken down so i just got tired of it yeah TikTok's a bunch of hunter haters. So i was like well, i support the hunter haters and now i'm saying you still got multiple thousand followers on there and stuff so like i'm like throw a couple of my videos i've been throwing on instagram on there but yeah. i've been lucky like i i come from a pretty conservative family and on facebook and stuff they'll be getting like uh their little bands and stuff i've never got a band anywhere i, I mean we, we haven't got lucky and i'm i'm pretty sorry uh yeah, we we haven't gotten banned on like Instagram or Facebook either. Although we don't currently have a Facebook. Yeah, we, our our Facebook got hacked. Our a while shit back. got hacked. But uh, I probably ought to just open a new one and move on with our lives. Something. But but and Andy uh, Andy's the one that does the TikTok uh, for us or whatever. And I think he's gotten busted for like some coyote hunts and stuff like that. But I don't think he puts too much on there anyways. But it seems like yeah. TikTok's definitely a little hardcore than some of the other ones. Yeah, TikTok's funny too. You can go on my profile, and there's one that's pinned to it of me dragging a deer my buddy shot that went and died in a lake. I'm dragging that out, and it's still got the he shot it with the crossbow. It's still got the bolt sticking out of it with me dragging it in my boxers in like early November, and that doesn't get taken down. But I'll have a video of me like walking with my bow, and then that'll get taken down. So I don't know what they're doing over there. I just got one thing to say about the social media conglomerates. Fuck them all. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, it, it wouldn't bother me a bit if they all went away. But I mean, I mean the only, the the nice thing about it is you do get to interact with your listeners, right? You know that, that that's that like the thing I like. The rest of it, I'm good. Like he did a, uh, you did a, what's that called? A reel? A reel? A couple weeks ago. 
and it got like two million views. And it was hilarious. Yeah. It was hilarious as shit. I'll give him that. But the, he's just like, how does this, stu- what does certain stuff like blow up and other stuff doesn't? And, you know, these damn ass algorithms. And um, it's just, I don't know. Just, we sound like some old men right now. I, do, just, I am just, an old just, man. Just complaining. I am an old man. Just complaining because we don't know what we're doing on it, really. Yeah, you're like, where's the button for this one? Right. Yeah, no, I get it. But let's talk. stop talking about that bullshit. Let's talk about you as a hunter, Mr. Whitetail Bloodline himself. Like, I want to get back into it. Dude, you mentioned whenever you were first started talking, you killed your first deer by yourself at age 11. Is that right? I killed, uh, I hunted for a few years in Indiana. I want to say I was hunting like eight years old. And I actually sat solo a few times back then. I remember sitting solo with like one of those old flintlock muzzleloaders. But it was opening day in Virginia. I think it's pretty much an October opener as well. And shot my first deer. It was a yearling doe on, uh, we'll say October 1st that morning. And then that next Friday, I went out with my brother and uh, sat solo. He sat on one side of the property. I sat on another and then shot my first buck solo that next friday so that's pretty impressive yeah i was uh, get off in the high i could wipe my own ass back then yeah no i i shot (laughs) i shot my first deer when i was 15 by myself solo (laughs) didn't know that i was supposed to have a parent or legal guardian with me but uh (laughs) they would definitely were not during statute limitations yeah it was during youth season or whatever uh but uh, yeah, I was I was 15, and I, and then once I shot it, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do now. So we had to have a buddy, that guy that I was hunting at house. He actually came down, and uh, he he pretty much field dressed it and did all the work for me. So that that was pretty nice. But uh, yeah, so doing that at 11 years old, that that's pretty uh, yeah. pretty cool. I was using a the summit climber. Everybody used to use. I used a summit <laughs> climber for many many years. I just sold them uh, last year, actually. And yeah, I got you should you should see the little selfies of me when I'm probably like 12 years old sitting in a stomach climber. I've had some sketchy moments with those two, man. The bottoms fall off, and I, I was a little guy when I was that young, so you had to like fireman carry, go get a big stick, get your, yep. your stand down. But how, I've how, just always been ate up with it. How old are you? My 29. I'm 29. Okay, 29. Yeah. Okay. So what um what I like, we'll, we'll just get into this the the tactic of you know how you attack hunting right now because you and i talked a little bit before micah got here um you kind of like ground hunting uh, i'm not saying that's all you do but how, how do you mostly attack deer right now i mean is it is the ground an option for you whereas like a lot of people they won't do it like it's it's just i'm not going to sit on the ground for a white tail uh you obviously will but what is your 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 normal mode of operation um, yeah, man, like last year, I, I mean, I've hunted on the ground for, for a, a few times. I, like when I was young, man, I, I would, uh, I didn't have the patience I do now. So I'd be sitting in the stand for a few hours and I'm like, I'm gonna go get down and see if I can see something. And I've actually killed quite a few deer doing that. Like remember seeing a doe, did a little spot and stock on her and blew it and worked around the whole property, buddy, big old field property in Virginia. And then I'm like a thousand yards away into a vantage point where I could see her and she, she came back and I ended up sneaking up on her and shooting her. Uh, with a crossbow, I was probably like 14, and she was standing on the other side of a fence, and it actually hit the hit the fence because it was like one of your square fences, and shot up and dropped her right in the <laughs> Oh wow! Like Freaking shot. The jugular. It was it was crazy. That was my first spot in stock. But last year, uh, I have 27 acres here, family property. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's it's gotten better every year. Been managed it luckily. 
my parents would basically let me have free range on it, do whatever I want. So that's what I've gotten a lot of my knowledge these past 10 years managing this property. But uh, a lot of the bucks, man, like the bucks are just starting to start coming through this property. So usually your early season, I want to get out there. So I go hit some public and there's a piece of public land. And it's just like one of those spots that's the perfect uh, bed to feed transition. And then deer come through like 830, which is nice because you don't have to go get in your stand four hours or two hours before it gets light, you know. So I would honestly get to the spot right when I could start seeing. I'd walk in and not even use a flashlight, get into that spot. And there was just like a fallen log and it had another broken log like right in front of me. So it was like just like kind of a, a natural blind. And dude, the amount of deer I saw right there, it like it changed how I hunt forever. Like, cause I was kind of worried about it. I started following people. You hear them on podcasts and you hear these guys like the white tail adrenaline guys that do a lot from the ground. So I was listening to them. And uh, once you start doing it and even like a two year old buck, I had a few two year old bucks walk like five yards from me and not get spooked and. There's nothing like it, man. I couldn't imagine actually like drawing on and shooting that deer that close. And yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different, but I like it a lot because I I do the mobile hunting. I use elevate tree stands, and uh, I basically started going real mobile last year. With what I think is mobile, like a climber's mobile, but for me that's a little too loud to be super mobile. And yeah, dude, hunting on the ground, you can just get away with more like your scent, depending on where you're at and stuff. You're already low on the ground. Like sometimes it helps that your scent from a tree stand blowing over them but right dude i loved it but like i probably passed i don't know just in that one spot on that one piece of public every bit of six or seven bucks all day i feel like ground hunting has a negative connotation in the whitetail world like you're a i don't know you're crazy if you want to hunt off the ground and dudes like zach farinball have definitely helped that because like that's basically all he does anymore but yeah. you know I, I, whenever I feel like, oh, you know, I, I shouldn't be on the ground right now, I, I go back to what Fred Bear said, and I, I'm probably going to butcher this, but what do you say? Sit down and sit still? Sit down and shut up. Sit down and shut up, sit still. Like, yeah. it's not that, it's not that difficult. It's not that big, like, everybody, and we're included in that. I mean, we're a podcast, so we break down as much as we can break down, but it's play the wind and don't freaking move around. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that hard. And uh, I've had some really cool hunts um, on the ground. I mean, Evil Eddie was a buck that, you know, I wish I could have killed, but he wasn't legal at the time. And, you know, I've had young bucks walk right up to me and have to almost be like, hello, before they you know, realize it. And, you know, you don't get that same feeling when you're in a tree stand. Even if you get deer come right underneath you, it's still different because you, you, you almost feel like you're still detached from the what's going on below you. But when you're right there, like yep. you can, you can feel them breathing. You can, you know, it's just, everything's in your face. Uh, it's a different rush. It's a different rush, but at the same time, almost every time I'm hunting on the ground, you know, when I'm, after I'm set up and, you know, letting things settle down and, and, you know, kind of getting my bearings and everything like that, I almost will always say to myself, it'd be really nice to be about 10 feet in the air right now. <laughs> like. So I definitely understand it, Um, but how have you perfected, like, so you use elevated tree stands, you said? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, Um, I'm a hang-on guy. So So you haven't haven't messed with the saddles yet, have you? No, like, I I went to a bunch of the shows this year, and I sat in them and everything, and I like them, but for me, I've been at a hang-on. Yep, yep. We were there, too. Yeah, I'm saying we didn't talk too much then, or we we probably would have bullshit for a while i know i don't and, even think uh, that I, I don't even know if we saw each other or not but i wish i i wish we would have ran into you but um 
Yeah, it's like uh, – so my question is, so this – Micah and I just kind of – I haven't even used mine yet, but Micah has a few times. We started using saddles this year. And I had a running gun set up that was a, a hang-on. Uh, it was an XOP Vanish. And then I had some Hawk Helium sticks with daisy chains. And I just – I always – every time I went to use it, you know, I had the tree, the XOP tree stand transport system. So it's like a pack that you had the tree stand set up on. And then I'd have my bag sitting on the, the uh, seat of my tree stand when I would go in. That's actually what I used last year. I used that same system. I killed my Kentucky buck on public out of that. So, okay. So here's this was my complaint about it. So now I will say my backpack, I'm sure I didn't like, I wasn't worried about weight. I just put my shit in the backpack and and then I put the backpack on it and then I, I bungeed it to the stand. And then I had my four, I used four sticks because I'm a short dude and I, want to use four and so i had you know sticks on each side and those were bungeed well by the time i put everything on there and then i put the the stand on i kind of felt like i was damn near packing an elk out like it it wasn't light so i found my i I found myself like not wanting to do it and just i'm just gonna go sit on the ground how did you perfect your uh your system like how you got in how you put everything up um to where like you didn't ha- have that thought that I have every time I you know put it on was like this sucks, I don't like this you know I just want to go sit on the ground this seems stupid, like where did where was that break point for you and and did you have those struggles you know at first and how did you get over them? Yeah, luckily for me, man, uh, <clears throat> we've been using hang on for crap. I couldn't even tell you since I was probably thirteen, fourteen. So it's just been kind of second nature. Those were more of your permanent sets, don't get me wrong, but you're going through the same motions of hanging them. You're hanging those awkward sticks and all that. And uh, I, I ran into that same issue with that. Like, don't get me wrong, I ain't got nothing bad to say about that XOP stand. No, it's cool. I, I still got two first, of them. Yep, okay. I killed my first public land buck out of it, but it was pretty heavy. I think the one I had was, I want to say it was like 14, 16 pounds. Yeah. Uh, the stand was, which that ain't terrible. Then you add the four sticks. I was rocking four sticks. You add my camera gear, my backpack, and all that, and it it does get tiring. That's that's honestly one of the reasons I started hunting public. Because first time I went back there to that spot I was telling you about, where I sit behind that log, I'd lug that stand back, and it's not a crazy walk, like quarter mile, maybe close to half mile. And I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of doing this every time, like just setting up, taking down public land, don't want to get stolen. So I was like, I'm gonna start trying to to do the ground game. But for me. I, I wanted something different. I follow a bunch of guys. I got a bunch of buddies that die hard. The more you're on social media, the more you hear about stuff. And my new Elevate, it, it's just like night and day. I've been used to hanging in big, big game tree stands that are, I don't know, 20 pounds or something yeah. for so many years. And going to buddy's house, helping them hang their stuff. And it's one I got behind me right there. That one's only 6.25 pounds. And so when it comes for me, I just feel comfortable doing it. And I, I'm a little guy. I'm 5'10". I'm pretty limber, though. So I can I – can, I, I, I argue with my saddle buddies all the time. I can hang my hang on as quick as you can hang your saddle. And that's just, just for me doing it for many years. And they got little things that are easier, like Elevate sells them, XOP even sells them too. It's like belt buckle little loops that you can put your sticks in. Because I'll get my first two sticks in before I start even climbing up. And then I'll climb up and you'll have your two sticks right up on you. So you can just, without, because when I started doing it before I had those, you'd have to get down and grab that stick, climb yeah. up. Just because I wasn't trying to bang metal around. So if you can do that, and uh, the guys that are real good at it, they don't ever get down once they start climbing and they get down or they don't get down. Me, I'm not that diehard about it. Like, yeah. it's going to take me 10 more seconds to drop down and throw my backpack on and stuff. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it's just it's it's what you're comfortable with. I talk to people all the time. Like most guys are saddle guys now, and uh, just because it's easy, you can go in there wearing your harness, climb up, put your little platform down, throw it in. And I get that, but for me, it's just like self filming, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's it's easier to self film in a saddle." I was like, "Maybe for you," but I've been doing this self filming for ten years out of a hang on. So it's just second nature to me. Yeah, and I'm one of them guys, man. Uh, when when everybody's doing something, I kind of want to be different. So everybody's a saddle guy. I'll, I'll never be a saddle guy just for that reason. <laughs> and it's just like. It's like shooting a Matthews. I know Matthews is probably the best bow on the market. Definitely, argu- arguably the best bow on the market. But I'll never shoot a Matthews just because everybody I you know wanna be, shoots. You want to be different than yeah. I get that. Well, and I mean, yeah. I think that's like one of the reasons it never stuck with me is it's just like I and and I never did it enough to Perfect. get good at it. Yeah. So every time I would yeah. go hang in the morning, I'm in the dark, and I'm getting pissed off because, like, dude. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever ran and run and gunned with it wasn't even that XOP at the time. It was a different tree stand I had. I'm like, I want to be in this area. And there was only one tree that was not like a hedge in this. And I'm like, I found it. And at the time I had some muddy, muddy pro sticks. I think they are. I still got them. I love those sticks actually, but they're, they have uh, ropes is, is what you're using. You, you, the rope goes around the tree and then it goes through this little cam and the ropes are not very long they're like not super long and i get to this tree that was decent size not huge and the freaking ropes wouldn't go around the tree so i end up sitting this stand and these sticks right next to the freaking tree and sitting on the ground like that that was my hunt that day then the second time i I end up like doing some research i buy the xop because it was a little cheaper than like a lone wolf and and different stuff at the time and I bought this Hawk helium sticks and did the daisy chain with a buddy here in Missouri that sells the daisy chain setups. And I get out to the first time in the dark and I just like, I get down, like I get go up and down like four or five times, freaking getting annoyed. One of the, the, one of the sticks kicks out on me when I'm getting down a little bit. And, and then I, I sit, I hang, you know, hang the stand. I'm like, all right, I'm good. It's still dark. I see a a deer comes underneath me right when it's dark, and then the sun comes out, and I'm just I'm sitting there going, I don't have a single freaking shooting lane here, <laughs> you know? You like yeah. you're, I'm just like, this sucks. <laughs> so like my first uh, ex, my first yeah. two experiences didn't go well, and so I'm I started going well. I'm just gonna hunt on the ground because I can move if I need to, or I'm just gonna you know go back to hanging a bunch of different permanent sets, and then I can move to one and to the next and Mike has helped me with a lot of those. Um, and I think that's the draw for me and him this year with the, the platforms or not the platforms, the saddles. the saddles is their light weight. And if something doesn't bother me as far as like going in and out with it, I'm more likely to use it. It's when, yep. you know, I'm just like, I got all this extra bullshit on my back for what, you know? And, I might not even get in a tree. I don't even know where I'm going right now. I'm I'm in this new property and I don't even know if there's trees there. And if I get there, can I even see, you know, that sort of stuff. And so that's where the saddle has been um, interesting for us. And I swear to you, before this year, we were in the same boat as Gavin. Like we were like, nah, we don't. Yeah. What's the, what's the hype all about? What's this, what's this about? But, and I haven't, I I haven't even used mine yet, but the idea is, is good he's used his a few times the only the only thing that i gotta say about it and it's probably just me i've only done it a few
few times. I feel like I uh, move around a little bit more than I would in a, you know, traditional type stand just because I'm swaying. You know, you got that freedom. Like you can it, like. It, it's kind of like a dang swing. So, <laughs> you know, you're just sitting up there. And that's that's probably because I'm not setting it up right as far as, you know, uh, I don't even know what they call all the stuff, but the one that actually goes around the tree that you hang from, lead your, rope, whatever. tether? But yeah, and then uh, I find that my feet get tight because I and like again, probably me not setting up right, but I feel like I'm pushing into my feet, like I'm going downhill the whole time, so my feet get a little tired or whatever you want to call it. So, I've <laughs> another reason why yep. I'm going to move around a lot, maybe it's me, See that? but I don't know. That's one thing, one reason I don't want I don't rock a saddle either. I got a broken ankle. So once I hold pressure on that ankle for a bunch of hours and everybody I say, oh, you can go sit on your knees or you can sit on your side and stuff. But I'm like, I'd rather just be able to turn around and sit down and get all the pressure completely off of it, you know. And it's what you're comfortable with. That's what I talk to people all the time. Like, if you feel comfortable in a saddle, rock the saddle. If you feel comfortable in a hang-on, do that. If you're a grounded pound guy, do that. And one thing I try to do is try to be a little versatile because every situation is different, especially when you're going on this public land or something. Yeah. And you get to a spot that you can't hang a tree. So you kind of just got to go with it. If it's a good spot, it's a good spot. I don't want to just like say no because I can't get a tree in here. And don't get me wrong. I've had those moments where I'm on the ground and I feel more deadly in a tree. But like you were saying earlier, there is something about being on the ground. It's like, like just because you're both touching the ground at the same time, you just like feel connected. Like we, uh, the past few years, I've been using blinds a lot recently too, like pop-up blinds. And uh, I used to be not really against it, but I just never really did it. And I love it now. Like, got my nephew no shit. until this year. Yeah, right. Then he shot one November 10th out of one at, like, 30 yards. And it's a, it's a rush. Are you doing Are you doing that on private ground or public ground where you're setting it up that day and then hunting it that day? Because I've always done it where I, public. So the stand, I, I go and I set it up there a few weeks before I hunt for whatever reason and I, it stays out all season long on private on private yep. on private not on public not on public i've never i've never taken a blind on public yeah on private i usually try to find one spot and uh, i brush it in real good like i went and cut down a bunch of cedars and stuff because i've learned the more brushed in the better and uh i went and actually moved some cameras up before uh, I came home today, and there's, the bucks are starting to rub on the property. That's how you know the rut's starting to heat up, because you will not see a single rub on our property, and there's just one little sapling stretch that's sitting like 10 yards from that blind, and they were tearing that up, and a couple scrapes opened up and everything. But I actually used it on public for the first time last year. We went and hunted early, early season Kentucky, and it rained on us the whole week. So I was like, dude, we want to be out there and hunt. So I went and bought a $100 pop-up blind, and we went and threw it up. And, uh, yeah, we didn't see nothing, but we tried yeah. it. Right. Yeah. See, like if you, once again, if you listen to us enough, I don't like blinds because I don't know, it just does something to me where I like, I don't feel like I'm in the woods anymore. I feel like I'm watching TV almost like, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. it. I just, I've never been a fan of it, but I like to hunt off the ground. Right. So I actually mm-hmm. started looking at, and we talked about this, our last show, the ghost blind. Have you heard of that? Yep, I heard of yeah, that like mirror blind. Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually have one of our listeners email us because he doesn't have social media no more, and he emailed us and he's like, "Hey, listen, you know, I had one and uh, it got scratched to shit like the first couple times I used it, and 
then it broke and because that's my biggest hang up on something like it like that blind's like 500 bucks like minimum is it that like the mirror one the mirror yeah the ghost blind it's like they're expensive yeah they ain't cheap. and they're yeah, and they're yeah. big because they fold into like sections so i'm only five seven so like you fold it into the sections and if you buy the one that's got the extensions on top it's as tall as me now it's got like a yeah. backpack system so you could put it on your back when you're walking in i don't think that would bother me but that that type of blind's intriguing because it's it's not like taking away my sentence senses it's just it's just in front of me you know what i'm saying but at the same time, why don't you just use like a uh, a branch? Not a branch, but you know they got those see-through uh, bl- blankets or whatever you're gonna call them, what we, like we use for coyote hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just do one of those then? That would be. I'd you guys yeah. Say what? You guys in the? I'm I'm actually partnered up with a company called Gilly Puck. It's like a a movable blind. It's got like branches that attach and stuff to it that you can attach to like your tripod, and it's got like multiple different attachments and it's got a bunch of different leaves and stuff and it's heard, pretty cool I'm gonna use it. yeah i've heard of I'm that i'm excited to use it for that ground and pound because that one spot i've been talking about where i'm sitting by that log like on this way i'm clear like a deer ain't gonna see me i got that log there and then right in front of me there's a log but if i could have that little bit more concealment because that trail where they come up there's like a, a natural community scrape sitting right there i thought found that spot it's just one of those spots there's deer hitting it all the damn time and yeah, if I had that little smoking seal, and it, it works good, man. It's just so versatile too. That's the coolest thing about it, and it, it and it's easy to pack. Like you can throw all of it in your backpack. Oh, nice. Yeah. What about uh, so like you, the stand you're using? You use an Elevate tree stand. It weighs six pounds. Did you mm-hmm. do a bunch of research when you bought like when you bought that? I mean, what are some of the lightest stands out there? Do you, I mean, obviously I would, that I one. Would think that was the Beast. Ain't that like a well-known, really light stand? I think. I have no idea. Front. It's I, Dan, I mean, it's I know Dan Involves stand, Dan Involves company or whatever. But yeah, the your main lightest stands right now, off the top of my head, you're gonna have your Elevate Tree stand, um, American made all through and through. A, a lot of these like mobile tree stands, they are. You got your Lone Wolf. They're they're the Lone Wolf and the Elevator almost like com- super comparable. If you look at the specs, they're almost identical. And then you got the Beast. But the difference from even the Beast. To the lone wolf, to the elevate, the elevate's the cheapest out of all those. And it's basically the the same weight, you know what I'm saying? And it's just who you are and, like, what you want to try. I love the elevate people. I went to ATA, met them. I started talking to them, fell in love with them. And for me, that's real important. Like, I could love your company, but if I don't like who owns it, like, right. it's just it, it makes a difference. Yeah. And I, I want to say that Beast, yeah. I think it's like 700 bucks or something like that. I know it's yeah. I know it's plus 500, but I, I, I don't know exactly. Yeah. And I'm just like, which for a hang-on? None of that's ever bothered me because I, I'm I one of those guys that'll pay for – I'll pay for I'm something too cheap. that's quality. I'm too You're cheap. too cheap. Definitely. I'm, a, I'm a cheap mofo, and I ain't spending that much. Like, Sorry. I'll pay for quality <laughs> stuff if I think it's important to me. Micah will still be like, nah, I'm going to go buy the one that weighs 12 pounds and move and on I'll with ca- my life. <laughs> Sorry I'm not a little boy, and I can carry a little bit of weight if I have to. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, yeah, dude. I'll do cars also, man. Like, if I had money, the, the podcast would be so much better than it is. Like, my social media page would be so much better. Like, I haven't even been able to hunt Kentucky yet just because I ain't got the money, man. Just life hit me hard this year with mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff like it happened. Hopefully, I'm going to get out there soon. But, um, yeah, man, I'm blue cars that comes. Like, if, I wouldn't be wearing this off right now if I didn't get partnered up with them just because 
I'm your typical. I'd go to Walmart rocking once the winter hits. You're layering up in some mossy oak and some real tree. But I talked to, to Joe Miles. He's he's definitely my top three favorite guys in the industry all around from being a big buck killer, just down to earth, great guy. And uh, yeah, partnering up with him. And uh, I love the camel. I don't know what camel you guys rock, but it's just that's who I am, man. When it comes to like the people, I, I have people ask me about my sponsor and stuff, and like, how'd you get them? Blah blah blah. But my whole thing is if, if I don't truly believe in the product, I'm never going to be a part of it. And I had to believe in the people behind it as well. Uh, agreed with you, man. Like that's, that's the way when we started our podcast, we're like, listen, like we've got to only work with stuff that we're going to use. Cause you know, I feel, <laughs> I feel weird saying go, we, we, our camo company's Huntworth. And um, you know, I feel weird like saying go wear Huntworth and I, I'm not wearing it. You know, or yeah, yeah. Uh, go uh, use Onyx, and I'm using HuntStand or some shit. Like, right? Um, yeah. So you know, and we've had to like check ourselves a few times, and like, wait a minute, do we really want to work with this company? Like, they've blown us off for six months, and now all of a sudden they want to talk to us, and you know, like, yeah. is this a fit, or are we just trying to you know work yeah. with them? Right. So uh, you're right. Like, it's got to be a fit as well and you know sometimes you don't know it's not a fit till you're in it and that is what it is but um 100 yeah so okay i like that um let's talk about like our our gear setup so you don't shoot a matthews and neither do we what do you shoot he, he used to i've never shot a matthews but what do you shoot now dude like hopefully i'll upgrade i've been shooting the same cheap like for eight years old, the PSE Stinger. It was like my second bow I ever got. I went to buy like an, a pretty nice bow. My dad had that conversation with me. He's like, dude, you're, you're growing pretty good. You're going to end up buying a new bow in two or three years, eight years later. I'm still shooting this bow. <laughs> but it's a $350 bass frog shop, maybe $400 bow. And I'm just, when it comes to bows, I'm different. For being how diehard I am about whitetail hunting, that's just one thing that comes extremely natural to me is shooting a bow. Like, I'm not even going to lie. My first hunt of the year this year, I hadn't shot in two months. I've just been busy, not busy enough to not be shooting my bow. But I just I just know how I am when it comes to shooting because I've been shooting a bow since, I mean, I fell off for a few years, but since I was like five, I remember being in the backyard, dad would be slinging arrows, and I'd be aiming towards the sky like I'm in a medieval movie, slinging arrows, trying to get it 50 yards. So with me, man, I can walk out with my bow, put the 50-yard pin on there, and I'm going to zing it. So uh, once I get this nice setup and everything, but right, dude, I still got a whisker biscuit. I still rock the good old whisker <laughs> biscuit. That's the type of guy I am. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I've hey. missed a good a handful of clothes with that bow, but I'm knock on wood. I ain't missed a buck. I'm freaking so free with that bow. You were probably but. screaming at the speakers if you listened to our show when I got a new bow because I, <laughs> I was the same as you. I shot my my – Second bow ever was a 2011 Bowtech Assassin. 2010 Bowtech Assassin. And I yep. shot that all the way until this year. And then we both got uh, we both got new bows. And that was one of my hangups is just like, I shoot good with this bow. I know it. It's light. It's small. It works. It works. <laughs> it kills. I don't miss with it. Like, all this stuff. And I'm going to go get this new bow because it's new. Yeah. Now, I will say I like it. I mean, you know, it's been great. But, like, I've got that Bowtech set up ready to go, like, waiting in the wings. The first time this Elite pisses me off, you know, my Bowtech might be back, which, I mean, it hasn't. It's been a great bow. But 
um, I was the same as you. Like I, I was, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, the newest bow, they've got to go get the next year's bow or whatever. And I've never yep. understood that because if it, like you said, if it ain't broke, no fix it, fix it. But, um, that's pretty cool. You are, you were the other version of me until this year. And then I sold out and got a new one. So. Dude, this cheap PSD, man, on my mobile setup on that tree stand I was rocking last year, I used to have my bow holder because I was hunting public and it was sitting on my seat. So I'd be sitting right here to my left side. And I'm sitting there. This is the day before I shot my buck. And uh, my buddy's sitting there filming me. And I felt something brush my elbow. And I thought it was like a stick. So I bump it. Not even knowing it was my bow. I bumped my bow off. <laughs> out of the tree stand. About 20 feet up, bro. Hits the ground all hard. Shoots my arrow in the air like 10 feet. Me and my buddy look at each other like, dude. You don't even have your bow with you. I was like, this hunt's ruined. So I get down all pissed off. I go up to it. The string's all like all messed up. I'm like, oh, instantly just super pissed off. And I'm like, oh, never mind. All it was, it came off that little loop, threw it back on the loop, climbed back in the tree. We were hunting in Kentucky about an about an hour, a little over an hour away. So by the time we get back after walking half a mile out of public, I forgot to shoot my bow that night. I go back there the next morning without shooting it, and then that buck walks by, and I, I stuck him, double lunged him, but... Yeah, I feel like you drive some of these new Matthews or your new, just some of these bows, especially how some people have them. Some people have those sights that stick out that far, you know what I mean? They stick out yep. 8, 10, 12 inches, and it would break. Like, how that bow didn't break and how it's still shooting good, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited, honestly, to get a new bow hopefully next year. I just know it'll make me that much more of a killer because if I can use this cheap bow, and I haven't really done anything with it. Like, right. I put a new sight on, and that's the only thing I've done. I put a one pin on it, and other than that, it's it's – a bone stock bow, same string. I've never even twisted. Holy off. shit! Oh, wow. <laughs> that would scare me. <laughs> I don't shoot that. Like in these eight years, I probably shoot less in these eight years than most people shoot in a single season. Oh, I see what Seriously. you mean. Yeah, like that's the biggest thing. I mean, like I shoot. We shoot a lot now. Last season, we we didn't really, but this summer with that new bow, dude, I bet I at the height and Micah was probably exact same way. At the height of shooting, I bet I shot 250 to 500 a week there for a while. Well, 250, yeah, I mean, 250 a week. Brand easy. new bows, getting yeah. used to them. So you're going to, you're gonna, especially if you're not comfortable with them at first. Because, I mean, it takes, once you get a new bow, you, yeah, they're nice and stuff, but you still got to get used to them. You know, I, I, I regret, I had a Matthews Adrenaline. I've had, one, two, three, four four bows in my lifetime my first one was a pse Fireflight 33 i believe it was and that thing i was money with it uh for whatever reason i ended up getting rid of it and i got a matthews adrenaline and you know single cam i regret getting rid of that thing to this day just because that i have never shot as good as i did with that bow that bow was just perfect it was just amazing i felt a great and not just because it was I could care less if it was Matthews, PSE, Hoyt. I don't give a crap what brand it is. That bow just really fit me good, and I shot good with it. And uh, I forget the point of what I was going with. Uh, but, yeah. I don't know. This was your story. <laughs> I know. I just ruined it. I, but you started me, telling your story, and I started eating goldfish. <laughs> I, I with, with me, when people hear me say that, say I don't shoot my bow much, like there's not very many people that I know that that should do that they, and honestly i probably shouldn't either i just feel so comfortable with a, with a bow and with me my whole thing is i focus and i study deer so much and i'm putting in the the time especially on public figuring out where these deer are going to come through on my private same thing and i'm trying to get these deer with 
than 30 yards. And 30 yards a chip shot to me. Like if that deer is like I honestly feel more comfortable at that like 30 yard range than I even do at 20 for some reason. That's just like what I always practice. My target's always sitting at 30 yards. So you should definitely shoot your bow. Don't listen to me and be the guy who doesn't change a string. Blah blah blah. <laughs> shoot your bow. But, but for me, dude, it just like comes natural. I think some people are kind of born with like certain things, and I was born to kill. I swear to God, I tell people that all the time. Like that's what I was put on this earth to do was was to be a killer, and that just comes from years and years of experience too. I've been archery hunting for however many seventeen years, something like that. Yeah, makes sense. All right, broadheads, fixed blade mechanical what do you shoot um compound i'm a big uh mechanical guy i shot rage for years this is the first year i've switched off the rage i'm partnered up with rec broadheads i'm excited I haven't shot through a deer yet but i uh, had actually matt taggett on the podcast and talked to him and after getting him on the podcast he sold me right there just from everything he was saying you could tell he was still passionate about it and like how much uh, work they put into it so they shoot good. They shoot like a field point. That's kind of their claim. The same as it shoots like a field point. Uh, I'm shooting the XP. They got like three different broadheads right now. So honestly, that's uh, I see a lot of guys that'll like get partnered up with like a broadhead and stuff. And like, it's the best broadhead on the world. I'm like, you've never even shot deer with it. How do you know it's the best broadhead in the world? Like, don't get me wrong. I can say as much good thing about the wreck just because I've seen so many people kill it. But until I actually uh, send it through the pump house, I can't say too much about it. You right. Know? That, that's right. how we were in. I mean, we, we're not partnered with any broadhead companies, but I, I switched to mechanicals two seasons ago, last season. Shortly, last so season. there's this dude um, in Iowa, and you should have him on your show if you never have. His name is John Lusk, Lusk Archery Avengers. He tests broadheads. That's all he does. Got a YouTube channel. YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. I've seen him. Yep, I've seen YouTube. Yep. Guarantee you if you ever looked up a broadhead, more than likely his he'll, video. He will, yeah, yeah, he will have done it. And he, we had him on the show, and we, he was talking about like testing mechanicals, you know, his process. And then we asked him top five mechanicals and he, he listed them out. And I think and he only gave one. I don't think he gave that a top might be, five. I don't remember. <laughs> and there was a company called sever out of Oregon or Washington somewhere. And so we looked into them and they're not that expensive. And so I started shooting them two seasons ago. I think it was. And dude, I never shot mechanicals before that. I've always shot fixed blades and, Sighting in, I guess you'd call it, a mechanical broadhead is so freaking easy. I mean, you really don't so even need don't even need to do it. You know, you just screw it onto the bow. I've never in my life had that because I've always been a guy that buys fixed and then I'll I'll number each one of those broadheads and then I'll marry that broadhead to an arrow based on the way they fly. Mm-hmm. And I, when I first started shooting fixed blades, it was slick trick standards, and they, they didn't really ever have issues. They were – you could pretty much screw them on. But I'm now shooting a broadhead called – it's Iron Will, Iron Will um, Standard, and they're expensive as shit. But yep, they, I've heard about they're a cut-on-contact blade. And when you're So, like, I'm short. I've got a short draw length and a slow arrow because of it. And like my arrows are like what 265 feet per second, and that's dialed all the way up to almost 70 pounds or whatever I'm at, and that's as fast as I'm gonna get. So I wanted something that cut on contact. So I these these iron wheels are definitely high end material, cut on contact, but it takes some time to sight them in because mm-hmm. when you screw them in, you know if you unless you fletch the arrow with the broadhead on it, you gotta 
figure out kind of which way the blade's going to sit up with your cock vein. And I don't have a four vein arrow. I've got a three vein, which needs to change. But, you know, that's what I'm shooting. And then you're like, all right, this one works for this arrow. And it just takes, like, it took me probably two weeks to like, like my six arrows. These are the six I'm using. Dude, they're like, there's something about the, the mechanical just... <laughs> Screw it on. Move yeah. on. And then when you shoot it, like, for me, those severs are, like, what, 13 bucks a piece? Something like that, 12 13 Yeah. So, like, you shoot an animal with it, trash. Like, I, I'm not yeah. going to try to, like, clean that thing up. And Andy, so Mike and I, neither of us have shot one with those severs, correct? I shot an elk, and I never found it, so. With a sever? <laughs> that was with a sever. Was it? That was Andy, a bad shot on my part. It was part. a bad shot. Bad shot. Andy shot a whitetail two years ago a buck through the shoulder and that freaking sever went through its front shoulder and poked out the other shoulder on the other side. So it it crossed through bone both ways as a mechanical. And then that, that white tail ran 60 yards and and was done piled up. And I'm like, damn, like now I understand what they're talking about when they say like good materials. And like, I'll I'll be honest with you that John lust dude, like he, he didn't say, much good stuff about rage <laughs> so like andy, well, andy shot rage for years right he said that they put i think 90 percent of their profits go into marketing <laughs> or something you know like that. so i mean it, but it is what it is I, and it, but that being said rage has probably killed more deer than any Anything. Uh, any other yeah. broadhead oh by, yeah. Yeah. by far so, i've got the, the three blade chisel tips for a long time and i shot spitfires and ap's for a while i've killed i mean we used to go to these exotic ranches when I was younger just because, like, I got some family that aren't, like, diehard family, but that's just kind of like, hey, let's go have a brooch. Let's go kill some boars. Let's go kill a fallow. So I, I did some testing on stuff like that in the Spitfires, man. I ain't got nothing bad to say about those either. I, I love them three-blade Spitfires. They were just, like, uh, on contact. They would open. I shot that Kentucky buck with that Rage last year. And uh, these wrecks, like my setup right now, like my arrow and uh, uh, broadhead setup by far the nicest. I'm shooting like Tanati arrows and Zinger Fletches, which they're made by the same like owners. And then I got that wreck on it. And I haven't uh, slung those into a deer, but me being a cheap guy my entire life, I'd go, I wouldn't buy the cheapest arrow. I'd walk in there and buy like a mid-level arrow. I'd never go buy a crazy expensive arrow because I'd not end up losing some, blah, blah, blah. So now that I'm actually shooting a pretty nice arrow, uh, it, it definitely makes a difference. Like they hit way harder too. I was trying to side in my bow because uh, I didn't realize how, like, for me, I don't want to pull too much poundage back when I'm shooting a bow because you see these guys like, pulling back real hard and it's like yeah. they're making that, all that movement. I want it to be smooth as butter when I'm coming back. And if I can't pull smooth as butter, I'm pulling back too much. So I cranked mine all the way up this year. I was trying to side it in. I hadn't sided it in in so long. I was putting the pin the wrong way. So <laughs> I was blowing through the fence, like sh- shooting high. And uh, my old arrow, same fence. My old arrows, I would hit it and it would like kind of go through the fence a little bit, but these things were blowing through. And then, like uh, the first time I did it, blew through the fence and went under my neighbor's car, like right by the tire. So lucky I didn't hit their tire. <laughs> it is a different thing. Once you get like a nicer setup, it is different. Just because I'm cheap, man. I grew up like blue collar family. It's just like it's how I was raised. And now that I'm getting a little more diehard, I've been getting nicer stuff. But what do you think of it them? Is definitely- yeah. What do you think of them Zinger Fletches? Dude, I love them. Like, they are crazy. They're just, they don't go bad. Like, you can legit shoot your arrow and pull your arrow through the whole target, and then your your fletches are still good. It's, so it's wild. we bought some. No, they would give it to us. They did? Yeah. Well, no, we bought no, them we there. Bought we, them. we bought We were at them the there. Iowa Deer Classic 
two years ago or whatever, and they were there, and we were talking to them. We bought some, but they're still sitting in the package. Yeah, I just haven't messed uh, with them. We get I, I, I get my arrows from uh, Black Ovis. They do, a, you know, they build it for you or whatever. So, I mean, I haven't had any complaints with the way they've been doing it. So, I haven't had a reason to take the fletchings off just to try them out yet. I, I always pack them with me, like when I go out west and things like that. I'm like, well, what if something happens and, you know, I need to fletch an arrow real quick. Then, then I got them because I've I have heard great things about them, you know. So do you just do you just put yours on and leave them, or do you tack them at all? Like I've heard a few people they'll, they'll put a little glue like on the on the edges or whatever, and you know just kind of seat them in there. And other people just leave them where they're at and mark them. How do you do it? I actually I actually had them make my arrows. This is the first arrows I ever had made. Like that, they're custom arrows from Kanadi Arrows, same like owners and everything. So they sent me the arrows and uh, I just started shooting them and had zero issues with them, man. They got like, I don't even know what it's called. I don't know if the arrows well enough, but they got like that metal collar in the front. And dude, that makes such a difference just for like, Out hit, like hit, yeah, hitting yeah. the power. It's a, that's a big difference. And I like my shoot just because I'm still shooting a whisker biscuit. I shoot the three blades, but they got the, the four blade fletchings as well, yeah. which that's what the majority of people shoot. Yeah. I'm, I'm still with you there. I still shoot three blade blazers. Just because, like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what I started shooting. Never had a problem. Kept shooting them. Never had a problem. Uh, there is, like, a part of me that says it would be so much easier to go to a four-blade or four-vein uh, arrow setup so that when you're tuning those broadheads, those fixed blades especially, it's just not as hard because you've got, mm -hmm. you know, another option right there and just – statistically speaking those blades should line up with a, a, a vein somewhere well at that point i'm pretty sure you just knock tune it mostly yeah it's yeah more it's more of a knock tune rather a simple than a deal yeah yeah one but, reason i shoot the mechanic too is because when i try to shoot six blades out of this bow just because it ain't no crazy bow like you could see and hear my arrow just like flying crazy i'm like yep not doing that like, <laughs> I, like I don't feel like putting in the i was like i can go through a mechanical on right now and it's ready to rock so that was honestly one of my main things about it because i got your diehard buddies that they'll sit there and try to argue with me like dude oh fish plays the best i was like yeah 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 i hear you yeah if you're hitting that spot you're aiming a deer's going down with a field point you know what i mean to a yeah. certain extent i mean i think that's the most important thing yeah. shoot what makes you comfortable and shoot where you can hit where you're aiming and you shouldn't have a problem with whatever you're rocking there's so yeah. many great broadhead companies out there nowadays there is i mean there uh, that I'm pretty, you can say that about pretty much anything in the outdoor world. Like yeah. there's so many great products in every space that, I mean, you know, camo, like you, you rock an Osseo or Huntworth. I mean, truth be told, I'd rock several brands out there because I like their pattern. I've heard good things about them. You know, like it's, it's a, it's just an industry. Like it's a good thing that it's gotten saturated with companies because then they compete with each other. And they make better products, and they don't – you don't, like, just get stuck with, you know, the only bow company that is out there. They don't have any uh, any reason to get better if they're the only one. They don't they don't need to you know, mm -hmm. innovate and make you better products because they're the only one. Well, now you got Matthews, Hoyt, uh, Bowtech, Elite, PSE – who else? All these other bow companies uh, that I can't think of at the top of my head – uh, out there that are trying to make a better bow than the other dudes. And that's only yeah. going to help us, you know, as the hunters. Same thing with trail yeah, cams, like all these trail cam yeah. companies. 
You can't buy a bad bow now. I don't care what bow you buy. If you're buying a, a bow that came out the last two, three years, it's going to be a good bow. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah, just no, what no. matches you. you right. Know, what works for you. Whatever. You know, like, I'm not going to go buy a 34, 36-inch axle-to-axle bow when I'm 5'7". <laughs> the damn thing will be as tall yeah. as me. Andy, our our resident Sasquatch on our, our crew, is 6'7". Like, yeah, that ain't no problem for him. Is he that big? I know he's big. I didn't really know. Yeah, he's 6'6", 6'7", 102. I had to ask him the other day, actually. I think yeah. he said he was 6'6". The whole family's pretty big. They're all tall. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, so he would look, it'd be weird shooting a little 30-inch bow for him. You know, it almost looked like a toy. So like, yeah. me and him obviously are never going to have similar bows. Plus he's left-handed. So. Um, got that against him. He's got that. He, yeah, he's got a 32-inch draw and he's left-handed. <laughs> like the dude can never, he can never. He so has, he's one of those guys. He can never walk into a bow shop and ask to shoot something because they ain't gonna have it. Like yeah, they ain't yeah. gonna have what he needs. I can pretty much walk in anywhere and be like, "Uh, I want to try that one, that one, that one, that one." Because yeah, I'm a 27 inch draw, which most most bows are gonna go down to that. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, then Mike is kind of right right in the middle. You you can I'm, do. I'm like an average, yeah. uh, you know, 29 inch draw, 70 pounds. I can pretty much shoot any, shoot anything. So yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, I don't know. I, I like to talk about your, your archery setup with, with different hunters, just because I don't feel like I've gotten the same answer ever on our show. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. Every session. Some guy, I got some buddies that are just like super, super die hard, like shoot all the time. And, uh, that's just definitely not me. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about deer season. Like, what are you after this year, dude? Okay. Anything good on camera? Uh, or are so, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I usually dive around quite a bit. This is going to be my last year. I've had this property. I think it's eleven years. I think it's eleven season. We've had this property in the family, and my parents are end up selling it. They're getting old, man. They uh, they're in their sixties now. It's a pretty big house, so they're trying to downsize. Uh, just it's too much to deal with. So it's going to be the last year. So I'm putting all my Indiana time here. I'm not going to any other public. I'm focusing it all here. And luckily, dude. Uh, uh, I've already talked about it more than I should, so screw it. I have this buck I call Blade, and I've had yes. history with him since 2015. And uh, had history with him since 2015. He disappeared for, I think, five or six years. He's the most infamous buck I've ever chased. I've got daylight pictures of him back in the day. So he's, and, over, uh, so he's filmed. over eight years old then. Uh, yeah, I'm putting him at 10 or 11, I believe. I'd have to oh do math, but yeah, wow. he's at least. And he's a hammer. Like, he's not just like, oh, he's a 10-year-old and he's old. He's going downhill. Like, this buck is a giant 10-year-old. Like, his body, once we get off here, I'll have to send you guys a text. I don't send too many people. I send you boys. <laughs> nice. So I and uh, I just know this buck. And, like, the odds of me killing him are slim to none, just especially because he's disappeared. I don't even know for a fact that I've had any pictures of him in the last five years. Like, last year, I didn't run much cameras until, like, basically November. But I never got him there. But I was sitting there filming on my neighbor's. And I class all these bucks. They're sitting like this, like I don't even know what they, the farmer planted. Real small field, right off the road. But all the deer were in there. I drive by it, going to my house, and I'd see them. I like, there's some good bucks. So I'm gonna walk down. So I walk down. I'm filming and filming these good eight year old or eight points that I'm watching and everything. And then out of nowhere, he pops up, and I'm filming him. I'm like that's a giant. And this was when they before they were getting like real defined. Like he was pretty defined end up filming him again and as i'm filming him it like hit me i saw he's got a really defining kicker off his base it's like another brow tine almost that's why i call him blade it just like comes off really really defining point 
And if it wasn't that point, I'd have never thought it was him. I thought it'd been gone forever. So I put two and two together. I'm filming him. I like kind of like realized I was like, is that blade? Because his body's huge. He's standing next to these like three and four year olds, like dwarfing him. Like by far the biggest body buck I've ever seen. Like I got videos of him first. I think it was like August second, and he's walking by one of my cameras. I got two videos of him, and his neck's just jiggling, just like waiting to get swole for the rut. Never seen anything like it. He's a mega. Uh, I, I had to think right now. I think he's a 13 or 14 point this year. He's a typical 12. He's got kickers off his G2s that match up. Then he's got like some stuff on his bases and that uh, that blade point. But yeah, I got a couple pictures of him. I'm, that's, he's my number one. I got some other good bucks. Just, he's a ghost, man. We've hunted him for those couple years that so, we had history with him. I got an but idea. He's a bug. Okay. After, we'll exchange phone numbers. You got to text us pictures yep. of Blade. We'll text you pictures of Baraka, who is in the same boat okay. as Blade. He's a ghost right now to us. He's the one I was telling you about that during the summer we saw him every damn day, and now he's just gone. Yep, by, yep. by doing that, we will give good juju to the other, and that buck Man, will come back. Manifest It'll, the, we'll the manifest kill. them coming back to each other. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'll take anything I can, man. I'll manifest everything for that buck. Because you ain't got to worry about us. Yeah. We ain't coming to Indiana to fuck, mess with him anyway. <laughs> yeah. You ain't coming to Missouri to mess with him. So it's kind of a win-win situation, I think. I like yeah, it. Yeah, okay, I'm going to for it. But this buck, I do know that he's a rut buck and a late-season buck. So if I'm going to kill this buck, it's going to be November. Like, uh, we've got pictures of him. He's usually more towards the end. He's usually like the – second week of november towards the end when he'd come to the property because we have this one spot where i uh, just moved one of my cameras because i was like you haven't had a camera on this little spot for, for a while and that's like the only spot i got pictures of him during the rut so i put that camera back there just in case and put a new vine over that scrape but uh dude he's omega i i hope he comes through he oh dude i don't even want to put a number on him but i'm, I'm saying 180s probably damn like he yep. will by far my biggest like my biggest is right there. He's a 158, and uh, so he'll, he'll definitely break Booner. But since he is such a ghost, I don't have much history with him. I don't know for a fact he's gonna come back. I don't know because it's my last year. So I got some other bucks. If they walk by, I'm not gonna miss the opportunity. It's 27 acres, small parcel. Yeah. A bunch of the neighbors are starting to hunt at that time where uh, neighbor he crossbow hunts. The other guys, a bunch of them gun hunt, and it gets crazy when gun season gets here. So. Huh. One of those other bucks, I got a 10-point. I put him at four last year, so he's probably a five-year-old this year. I've gotten one picture of him since season started. It was like 30 minutes before light, walking on my property. And I think what he was doing, he was just doing his early season route. Come to check, see if Susie's there, see if uh, she's still in the area. Because I'm a big believer these bucks come and check your does, check your property, make sure what's going on, and then they come back in the rut. So if he comes by, I'm going to smoke him. He's, I, he's probably 130-inch, 10-point. You know, got good, uh, I guess it would be like G4s. They're pretty small, but he's a shooter in my book, especially he's mature. And then I got this other eight point that if he walks by, he's a tall and tight, thick buck. But, yeah, Blade's number – he's number one, man. Uh, I can see that. He's how, just a good. How many tags he's, do you he's get? He's a guy. I haven't seen that buck. In the end, we get one buck tag, and uh, you can kill, like, in, in my county, we get three does, but then I can go to the county over and kill two or three more does. Right. I was listening to your show, like, I think it was last week, uh, the dude – you had on that was talking about like he's a big believer in identifying does like he'll tr he'll try to mm -hmm. like um he'll try to find a feature on a doe and know who she is really just like we do with bucks why though so that 
he can figure out their patterns. And by figuring out their patterns, he can pattern a buck based on what she's doing. And, like, he'll try to figure out when they have, have their fawns. And he can almost, like, if he knows exactly when the fawn was on the ground because of what she's doing, then he can almost guarantee when she's going to go into estrus the next year. And if he knows exactly who that doe is, then it's just, like, he knows who she, what she is. So, like, he's got one doe that's got a scar on her body and another doe's got something on her ear. Her tail's black. And he, he yeah. I don't know if he names them, but. Fascinating. Like, yeah. That's and interesting. it's it's not like, if you think about it, you get all these pictures of does. I don't do shit with them. I just like, yep, there's some does. Good. Yeah. But they could give you information just like a buck does. <clears throat> so I, I thought that was a really good show, uh, what he was saying yeah, about that. Yeah, that, that's genius. He's he put some stuff in perspective for me because he was one of the first people I sent that blade buck. And I was just like, dude, what do you think about this? Why he's blah blah blah? Just because he's yeah, he's a very methodical guy. He he made me think I was gonna think about shooting some does, but then I was thinking, yeah, my luck, that'd be the one doe that Blade comes here to breed. So I was like, I'll wait until like the rut's done. We'll smack these does in late season and everything. But I, that, that's basically how I hunt. Me and him are really similar in that way. Is we hunt does to kill bucks. That's like that's that's just what we do. We figure out where these does are like i don't know if you saw that post i just did where i just posted a bunch of fish off my kentucky can and uh that's that was my whole goal going in there is like finding some real good doe trails because we find them doe trails and doe bedding areas and bucks gonna be there in the rut and that's 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 one of those conversations you either you love the rut or you hate it and i'm a, i love it i'm an uh, equal opportunist hunter like don't get me wrong i got my target bucks and like i've even shot some target bucks in, in the rut but that's i think that's Basically, the best way I can put it, how I hunt, is I hunt does to kill bugs. Yeah. Where there's, like I've always said, where there's hoes, there's bros. Dang right. Always. Always. <laughs> Don't matter who you are, where you are. Doesn't matter what what species. Where there's the chicks, there will be the dudes. <laughs> you should have said yeah. dicks there. That would have been funnier. Where there's the chicks, there's going to be some dicks. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, uh, hey, Gavin, before we hop off... Um, Tell everybody how they can uh, find Whitetail Bloodline, check you out on social media, and listen to the show. Uh, yep, you can just search Whitetail Bloodline. It's Whitetail Bloodline on all platforms. Um, the most frequent posting is on Instagram by far, YouTube, trying to get better. I was doing a good, like, preseason, getting ready for the season. I started a new segment on there, so I'm on YouTube. You can search Whitetail Bloodline podcast on Apple, Spotify, basically anywhere you can find a podcast, Whitetail Bloodline. Uh, I'm one of those guys, man. If you ever need anything, reach out to me. Uh, I'm I'm here to help people as much as I can. That's that's one of the reasons I started the White Tail Bloodline is to help people. And uh, yeah, I just love it. I appreciate you guys letting me hop on, man. It's uh, a long time coming. Definitely gonna have to get you guys on my podcast. Sit here and BS again. Uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it because I haven't been on many podcasts. I've done a lot of podcasts, but. I haven't been a guest on many, so I truly appreciate it, guys. Yeah, yeah no, we appreciate you coming on, man, and everybody go check out Gavin and what he's doing. Uh, I enjoy listening to him. Uh, I enjoy listening to people I feel like it's a lot like me, you know, you know, just kind of, I don't know. You know, some of the names in the industry are much bigger than us, and that's awesome. I love them, but, you know, sometimes you're just like, I want to listen to me, you know. And I don't like listening to me, yep. so I need to listen to someone I want to hear else. the guy that's only got 27 acres, you know, yeah. that is his parents right. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Gavin Sauters, Whitetail Bloodline, thanks for coming on, bro. Yes, sir. Y'all be good, man. Appreciate it. All right, see you.